Welcome to the Good Athlete Podcast, the voice of the Good Athlete Project. This episode was recorded at the 2018 NSCA National Conference in Indianapolis. We were lucky to sit down with Jared Cayahello, friend and key supporter of the project. If you want to know more about Jared, double back and listen to our previous podcast with him, where we talk about ideas and most of the concepts that make him, him. But in short, here it goes. The guy's a former NFL fullback who played for a few different teams, played in NFL Europe and won a couple championships over there. He worked as a strength coach at the college level for many years, and he's now the owner and director of Athlete Inc., which is one of the premier training facilities in the entire nation, and it's housed in Oklahoma City. Down there, Jared and his team of coaches have put together one of the unique, holistic approaches to training that I've ever seen. you got to check them out. What's also notable about Jared is that he's not afraid to take risks. You should see some of the amazing things going on down at Athlete Inc. We hosted an awesome clinic there last spring, and the guy continues to host boot camps, weightlifting competitions, and all sorts of things to meet the needs of athletes in Oklahoma City and beyond. It's always a good time talking to Jared. I know you're going to like this episode. Find out more about the Good Athlete Project. Find us on social media at Coach the Number Four Kindness. That's Coach for Kindness, or at GoodAthleteProject.com. Like I was saying, so Andrew is um, one of my best friends since I was a, uh, since I moved up to the Burbs. Uh, he's got a wonderful wife, Stacy. He just had his first kid. Wow. He's got a he's got a dog. He's living the life. But I, I say that because. He lives in his own home. He bought his home in Manoa Valley. Yep. You literally walk out the front door and you're looking at in the distance Manoa Falls. I mean it's far it's it's not staring you in the face, but Manoa Falls is just across the the little city that they live in. His backyard, there's like a freaking mango tree. I mean it it, it is just it's beautiful. Uh, it's what you think about when you think about Hawaii. It's what you think about when you think about Hawaii. That's right. Life. Yeah. Well and then listen to this. So they live in that par- paradise essentially, um, and his job, he just got his master's um, wow. from Hawaii. His job is, essentially, his company flies him out, or, or he takes a boat, to more remote Pacific islands, and he scuba dives from, essentially, the moment he wakes up, jumps into the water, he, uh, he dives behind a boat, he's cataloging fish and, and, and all sorts of stuff like that. He does that for two, three months at a time, and then he comes back to the mainland, not the mainland, sorry, but but the islands of, of Hawaii to mm, um, yeah to write it up and do whatever sort of analysis they, they do on it. So he's a marine biologist or what? what yeah. What, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's he's incredible. He, so yeah, it's funny. He he worked on fishing boats just out of college and like travel all over the place. Like the you've been have you been to Alaska? No. No. Um, went up to Alaska on the fishing boats and stuff like that. And, Actually met his wife Stacy through this company, and they ended up in Hawaii. And it's just like it, they're they're living the dream, That's like nice. working out all the time. Stacy's like a legit <clears throat> ultimate frisbee player, and okay. <laughs> it's just they're just living the life. Well, it's a good place just, to do it. That would be yeah. Yeah, it's expensive though. Were you born there? No. Well, you you were born in OKC. Okay. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. But you've been there a bunch of times. Yeah, we try to go every year. We went last year. They they live on the same island. Uh, of Oahu, yeah, that your friend lives mm-hmm. lives on. Uh, Nanakuli is where they where they stay, so it's West Side. West Side, relative to Manila Valley. Or? Uh, yeah, from Honolulu you go up. Uh, Eighty two. I forgot the name of the highway now. That takes you up to uh, Kanapali. There's a nice little resort there. I think Disney has a new resort there. I've heard that now, yeah. and then just north of that uh, is where you uh, is where my family uh, lives still. Yeah, so it's uh, it's nice to go visit. It's a completely different, um, as if you talk to the locals there, it's a completely different area. Really? Yes. How so? Um, it's not, it, it's the way that a lot of the islanders live. It's not, you know, true, you know, vacation, resort uh, type stuff. I mean, it's the real people that... Sure. You know, they work for the state, or they work at the uh, shipyard, a lot of manual labor, you know, blue collar, what we call homesteady stuff. Um, just a different picture, but 
neither good or bad. I just, you know, it's it's a it's a tougher place to uh, to grow up on the island than most. Is it really? Yes, because there's a big gap between the people that are you know affluent and do a good job and go to you know private schools and those things, and then mm-hmm. you know places um, like Nanakuli area. Yeah. Uh, Tell us more about that. That's that is for sure a side of when you think of Hawaii. If you've not been there mm-hmm. firsthand, it's not something a lot of people know about. No, it's it, it's not. I didn't really <clears throat> recognize it until you know later on in life when you go visit them and they're like, "Wait a minute!" And, you know, they didn't have. I, forget, I think they had running water like in 90, 90, mid nineties or something like that. They got kind of running water and uh, you know it's just uh, homestead is. You know, basically government housing, hmm. and they've tried to do a lot to give back, kind of like they've done in Oklahoma, yeah. uh, just less successful. But they did with the Indians since they took their land, hmm. and now there's a big movement over here going on. You know, in Hawaii, uh, so it's called def- you know they got different things like defend Hawaii, kind of back. You know, they want yeah. they don't want to be a part of the United States government, and they want to get back to their culture and roots, and they feel like their lands were stolen, which. You, you know, they can do the history on that as were, you, right, were they, Coach? Yeah. Were they kind of? Tell me about that because I don't I, know. But I, I've seen the defend when, we, when I was down there last, defend yeah. Hawaii. Like, yeah. I've, I feel like I've seen those signs. There's yeah. always some movement trying to be – or some new legislation trying to be passed and people are kind of pushing back and forth. Yeah. It's uh, – I you know, I don't know if I know enough to um, comment too heavily on it, but I just know from what my family mm-hmm. uh, says and goes through that, I, I, you know, I can understand where they come from, that they feel like – um, their their homes and their land have been very commercialized. I mean, I don't know if people know the the artist Brutta is, but he talks about you know one of his great songs is Hawaii '78, and it talks about you know the ancestors if they and this was back in the day in the you know '70s and '80s. I think Brutta has died in '97, but he talks about um, would our basically our ancestors be proud of what we done have done to their land you know, commercializing it and stuff. That's not what the Hawaiian culture and people were about. Um, but they but they were, uh, you know, like they call it the Captain Cook type. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, my cousin has a few bumper stickers on his jacked up Toyota truck. If, if you live on the island, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it says, you know, no Hawaiians, no aloha. And uh, basically meaning F the Captain Cook type. So... It's uh, it runs deep in a lot of places that yeah. that live in you know poverty. That's not paradise, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that I think they have a good reason to be pissed off and learn more about history and what happened and how it happened and and uh, and be upset, you know, yeah. about it. But what's the right way to go about that change? Right, and is and is it even possible? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Uh, It'd be interesting to go see your friend, and and I'd take you to meet. You know, you'd see the to be, right. You know, University. You see uh, Manoa Valley, mm-hmm. and then we'll take you to some nice resorts in Kanapali area, and then go up. Right. You know, more a little right. bit further west, and take you and show you where my family lives. Like I would have to say, hey, we're coming in, we're coming up the street. You know, they live off uh, Haleakala Avenue, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's you know, I was like, hey, let everyone know we're coming. It's just a. It's a big like horseshoe. They don't, you know, uh, drive over there. It goes up the base of a mountain, yeah. and uh, and they, you can't just pull in there in a touristy jeep or Camaro like what we had when we go over there. We get a yeah. rental car and they're all like why, Camaros why is that? and jeep uh, because you have the uh, what we I guess the old heads out just at the front of the neighborhood checking on things, yeah, and seeing so who's yeah, coming this, up in yeah, their neighborhood. Is... Yeah, everybody's pretty close. It's they've got the high school right there mm-hmm. uh, and the mid high, um, so I think it's uh, mm. they're very uh, protective, you know. Yeah. Like I don't think Dog Chapman would go up in this neighborhood. Do- the bounty hunter. Dog, the bounty oh, hunter. the bounty hunter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I think he would. I think he would do a drive by. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no way he would go. In this it's that. It's that tough a uh, place, or I think it's that. Tight. Is, is, is that I, tough, or is it that? It's that tight. Cautious and yeah, yeah, it's right. It's that tight knit. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. not that they're they're bad people. It's just that they're they're proud people mm-hmm. and they're tight knit. You know, and, and now for for I'm sure right reasons they have their head on a swivel, so to speak. Sure. You know, so it's a just a different area that people don't see when they go over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's but but to me it's super cool to see that. 
Absolutely. It's super cool to see that side of it and talk to my family about it. It's hard for me to relate a lot of times hmm. because I haven't lived it. I hear about it. Mm-hmm. I'm there for a week or so. Yeah. I mean, you you feel a connection. Yeah, absolutely. It's family. Yeah. And like they say, Ohana over everything. You know, it's hmm. family and, 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 and is a huge, huge, tight knit thing that help each other out. Yeah. You know, and they're large you know, big families spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. and they're outside yeah. uh, a lot. They cook, they break bread, yeah. they fellowship. You know, we just do it on certain occasions, mm-hmm. right? Certain holidays. Uh, it's like every, it's every Friday, they call it Aloha Friday. Yeah. Because there's so many tourists in and out. So Fridays is kind of their Aloha Friday. It's really like the 4th of July wow. every Friday in Hawaii. And I just think that's really cool. That is cool. You're going to go to the beach, you're going to fry some fish. Drink some Heineken. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We just learned that tonight, um, yeah. that Heineken is a drink of choice in Hawaii. It's it's good. Yeah. The official state beer for some reason. Has, has, do you know if you're if Andrew has experienced any sort of like animosity? Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I'd have to ask him. He's, he's um, I don't know. He's not, he's very clearly... He's a curly-headed white guy. Yeah, he's very clearly not from the island, but uh, but he is also the kind of guy that can get along with anyone. Mm. He's he's fantastic. He's he's a, he really is a great guy. I'm looking forward to going out and seeing him. Yeah, and his family soon. That would be awesome. I would love to go with and take take my girls. Yeah. And Do they go down when you go? You say you go down once a year. They come on that trip as well. Yes. So they know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. important for them to see, mm-hmm. you know, and know who their cousins are. And yeah. I like for them to go do, uh, you know, to, to summer camps with their cousins and learn about the culture. And, yeah. And uh, I think that's, I think that's important. Yeah. You know. And yeah, absolutely, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking. You're like, I don't want to make any unfair comparisons, but I'm thinking like, I'll think small scale, living in Wicker Park, Chicago. Uh, how Wicker Park is all of a sudden, you know, the boutiques are popping up and things becoming, it used to be kind of a, a place that was known, it was a little more rugged, it was a little more gritty, it had a lot of art and a lot of music and, and it still does, but uh, now there's also more gloss, kind of, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. So I'm thinking about that in a very small and low level. I'm also thinking about the, um, like the other parallel to Chicago, obviously, the, the stark contrast of some of the northern certainly the northern suburbs but even just the north side of Chicago compared to some of the areas in the south and west sides of Chicago those divides um, but you, what did you call the it, it's almost like the, the the divide in Hawaii is is similarly stark but it's but it is almost like a, a fantasy land commercialized um, sort of situation mm-hmm. you know like the, it's like Here's real life. Here's here's what it looks like, and here's Disneyland. Just, just <laughs> yeah. along, along right. the way. Yeah, and it's I th- a- yeah, and I think it maybe it maybe that way in more places than we think. Yeah. You know, even in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I, mean, I guess that's right. Right across the street, like I said, you know, is one of the biggest gang neighborhoods and from has been place. for a long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that yeah. until I, I talked. Yeah. I was talking to Savannah about it. Yep. That you you can you can essentially touch a very affluent. Area yes. in Oklahoma City, and, and then the yep. the area you just mentioned. I didn't yeah, realize that. yeah, Nichols Hills and North Highland. So North Highlands is the. It's been a, a you know gang, a big gang activity since eighties, really? late seventies, early eighties, and so now all the OGs are there. So when something goes down, it it goes down. Yeah, you know, um, so it's uh, yeah. it's, but I think it's that way, in a lot of places we just fail to see it, because we get so caught up in our Disneyland. That's right. Every day. You know, the thing that I'm curious about, and obviously, Jared, you can't speak for everybody, but do you think it is the the fact that, like, obviously, the 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 feeling of having your land taken from you, uh, you know, I I can't speak to that, and none of I don't think any of I I can't I don't think you can either, but um, I guess what I'm trying to say is like. If there was more like respect paid to the culture, do you think is that like one of the issues that they feel like that it's just being like whitewashed in a way that, mm-hmm. that like the culture is just being kind of like like drowned out or erased 
-hmm. and like if there was more like for example your friend if you were to go and like embrace that culture in some way Mm -hmm. would that be seen as something more respectful or accepted i I guess is the question that i'm yeah i mean i it just maybe it's when something's forced on you you know i think you get defensive and i think they have tried to gloss over it right and i and i think uh in the 70s 70s and 80s i remember remember going over there as a young kid it was completely different um and none of that history was brought up my dad never really talked about his upbringing on the island um and and still never has to this day 72 years old and will hardly ever talk about it it's hard for him to go back and visit i don't think he had good memories really of the island and so for someone to call that paradise or you know you see stuff like oh waikiki beach living my best life (laughs) and i'm like wait what and i you know it's and then then i'm hanging out with my family or i'm trying to have a conversation with my dad about his past and his upbringing and he didn't want to talk about it yeah so you know i think there is some things that they glossed over but now i they've um they see how quickly it can change and, the, and how quickly that can be taken from their lineage and that their kids won't really know the true history yeah. and what they stand for and maybe why that their grandparents and parents do a certain thing and act a certain way and why it's so important to do certain things from the culture that uh, now there's even a bigger movement. They've dug in even more hmm. to get the history out there and really what happened and to hold on to the culture. You know, so it's not... Like you know, erased or glossed over. Yeah. This this may be a stupid question. Moana, things like that. Would it? How mm-hmm. is that accepted? I think overall, it's pretty cool that you had you know that uh, the Rock, Dwayne yeah. Johnson has That's right. yeah has kind of made a footprint for the Polynesian culture because mm-hmm. uh, it's you know it's proud people, right, uh, and strong people, and uh, most of them were very excited that we got, you know, a big motion picture like that. And, and it, my kids loved it. Yeah. Uh, I think the uh, hang loose emoji came out around the same time. So we were <laughs> double dipping. Did that align? That I, I, you know what? I'm be. not saying it's a coincidence, but I'm just saying it, yeah. it was right around the same time. Just stating facts. Just stating <laughs> the facts. Yeah. Yes. And so it was neat to see that. And there were a lot of, uh, uh, I know that my uh, cousin's kids were uh, dressed up as, Mo- uh, you know, as Maui. Oh, they yeah. had their little fit, you know. You know, we've had the fish, the fish hook necklace sure. forever, but sure. they had the, you know, the little fish hook deal. And so I think there was a sense of pride there, uh, for sure. Some people thought it was not uh, documented correctly, and sure. there was some witchy. You know, I mean, come on, it's that's with everything. Yeah, I mean, Pocahontas was the same thing, I believe. Um, you know, living. Yeah, in a- I, I think that one. I think the the concern. I actually was just looking up Tanya Lee because we had mm-hmm. a, we actually had a woman named Tanya Lee on the podcast who was talking about. Essentially, for lack of a better term, this is the accurate term, what we had done to the Native American people uh, and what role sports played in the whatever, Mm. a a podcast for another time. Um, But the Pocahontas story is based on something true, right? So so I think people with that were were glossing over um, some pretty terrible, there wasn't a romance there. Right. but uh, whereas, whereas Moana, um, as a fable, seemed more like celebratory, um, which which is one of the reasons that I yeah I liked it. But to some people, that's the real deal over there. I mean, that's you know the ancient people. Those oh were their, yeah, okay, that's those fair. Were, those yeah. were their gods. That's, that's what, religion. That's what right. they knew, and that's when they say "f the Captain Cook" type. That's what they're talking about. Like this religion was forced down their throat, and their mm-hmm. kings and queens were slaughtered, you know, uh, because of that. And and so it's. Uh, to them, it is, yeah, the real deal. All right, that's fair. Because that's all, you know, that's all they knew. So, yeah, it's understandable. Man, that's intense. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I think that's why maybe this is, <clears throat> but like the very, uh, like the Hasidic Jewish community, that's why they kind of are the way that they are. Well, number one, obviously they've been through that like mm. what like mm. to have your culture erased and and basically uh have someone attempt to eradicate your people from the planet but you know like hasidic culture is 
very insulated. And I think people look at that and they're like, you know, maybe they say why, maybe they don't really understand why that is, but the reason's because it's happened before, right? Like, right. like you, you may not think it's ever going to happen, but it, it's happened before. And it's obviously like a, a super extreme example. But like, yeah, it's just, it's like, it's in like an embedded defense mechanism. It's a funny yeah. thing. I was just listening to um, this thing the other day. There's a study out there, man, I'm going to butcher this, but that's okay. It'll get the idea across. They were talking about how you could essentially trace the behaviors of people now to literally like the geography and even like the agriculture of their people hundreds if not thousands of years back. And the example they gave was uh, of China. So uh, the southern part of China where they grow a lot of rice. Farming rice is a heavy hmm. burden and it's a very communal activity. Uh, so like, like everyone's involved, everyone's got their share of this thing. In northern China or certain parts of it at least, uh, they couldn't, the, the climate wouldn't sustain rice, so they became wheat farmers. And wheat farming is very more individual, not very, but more individual. And that was, we're talking about like ages ago. Now, because of whatever, the, the new versions and strains of crops and chemical engineering, you can do whatever that you hmm. want. But going back to when there was that divide, they didn't map that out into um, in the ten, like human tendencies now. And it's incredible. And I say this, like the on the uh, the southern side of China where it's primarily rice farming, uh, they lean towards all these communal. And I'm not going to lead the political views or anything like that. Yeah. But just the way that they respond to personality tests and stuff like that. It's, it's highly communal. It's highly relational. And then in northern China, actually, w once you get out of um, like the pop realm and look at, at personality tests from a different way, they actually. Are, are like eerily close to Westerners because they become so individualistic. They, they're so in, based on the individual. Um, there are more, uh, there's more creativity and there are more patents on the northern side of China than there are on the, on the southern side of China. But the way that um, people on the southern side of China, uh, southern half of China, um, I, like everything they do is relational. And let me, I'm, I'm kind of trying to conjure this study as, I'm, as we're talking, but Oh, this was an interesting part. So picture this. There's three images, a bear, a monkey, and a banana. And this is one question on the test. And they say, like, cir circle the two that belong together or, or whatever. Circle the one that doesn't belong, something like that. Right. Just out of curiosity, what would you guys circle? Which one doesn't belong? Well, you'd circle the bear Yeah. because the banana and monkey go together. Okay. But the go together thing is a very, it's funny that you both said that. Were you thinking that for I was sure? Thinking, I was thinking bear, yeah. Okay. Most Westerners say monkey and bear are together. These are mammals. These are, you know, they're, they're of the same, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It just hmm. depends how you cat, uh, like catalog and, and categorize. But a lot of people were saying the monkey banana relationship, excuse me, I just blew it, but it's, it's a relational association instead of a categorical association mm, yeah, so yeah. not these are mammals these are animals they both have fur blah 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 um, but the monkey eats the banana those two belong together it's a relational uh, association Good so job, it's funny coach. that you guys both just sorry, we, sorry we blew that for you yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously it's just kind of it's interesting I, though I think no, I, I watched too many cartoons yeah okay well okay same kind of idea <laughs> fair they, enough there's another one uh, picture this one scarf hand glove Scarf, hand, glove. You get rid of the same scarf. kind of thing. That's easy. yeah, for sure. And and some people are like, no, these are inanimate objects you use to keep warm, and but the but the glove and the yeah. hand go together. Okay. It's a relational association instead of categorical. This is fun. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's, let's think of another one. Won't you think of one, Coach? All right, Coach Alex. You guys let's keep, do this. You guys keep talking. Let me think of this. Uh, what? No, no, no. You're so good on. at this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love short you... timelines. Alex, cut this part. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh, that's the beautiful. Fail safe. You are the editor. <laughs> <laughs> here, let's do one in here for you, buddy. Let's see. Pillowcase, pillow, and TV, what go together? 
That work? You get side? rid of the pillow because you cover the TV with the pillow <laughs> no, case. Pillow case and and yeah. No, yeah, exactly. So the room is just blacked out. You don't sleep with a TV. So, but it, it's it's just interesting. There's these relational. Stuff. I actually came up with it just because we're messing around. Oh, I'm sure you did. I did uh, giraffe, monkey, banana, uh, because now there's three. Right, that you can catalog as yellow, like the yellow and similar shape, especially depending on how you displayed it. Like there's the giraffe, there's the banana, and there's the monkey. It's right. yellow, yellow, brown. There's a categorization right there. There's the two mammals, uh, and there's the one that has a relationship with the other. I was trying to really, I don't, I don't know what that would prove. It was just funny. <laughs> I'm not sure. Do giraffes We're, like bananas? I don't think so, Alex. No, banana they like, trees. They like they like the stuff on the very. You know why? Banana pardon, trees. Pardon me for short. asking the important <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, the hard hitting <laughs> questions. I know. I think they go high up. Okay, we got to talk about this. Okay, here we go. But uh, giraffe. Yeah. Did you see the woman who killed a giraffe recently? I did. Did you see that? What did you think? Because I I have an idea. If you, if I don't want to like. Leave, what, you know what, what's my on? yeah? What's my opinion on? It? Did you see that? You saw I did. It? Yeah, I saw it. I saw the story. Do you know the whole story? I do know the whole story. Do you? Give it to us, man. So, yeah. First of all, tell about like the outrage. Yeah. So there was a woman that killed a giraffe, and the giraffe kind of had like a, a black color to it, which it's like made unique it unique looking. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was different than the giraffe that you're probably picturing in your mind. But and was it male or female? Uh, it's male. It was That's bull. right. It was a male. Yeah. And it was so, a bull. Yeah. It was a bull, and it was like black, and it was fairly old. I think like 15 old. years old or something. Old. I don't I don't know how old giraffes get, but. Tell me if this is true. Sorry to interrupt. No. It was a bull, but it could not uh, any correct. longer mate. Yes. Correct? Yes. It was I so don't, old. Is that true? That's what it know. said in the... Yes. But essentially, she posted a picture of it as like a... A, a trophy. I, I, yeah. A trophy kill. A trophy, yeah. I, I, the only reason I, I don't want to say that definitively is because like I don't know what the caption was. And I mean that sincerely. Like If like if you were... If she was necessarily like bragging... Like, well, I think, I think when you pose with your... With the thing that you just shot, Fair at I think you know what I mean. I think that's it's like holding up a big fish or like standing behind or whatever. All right. So I think I if, if I think it was a trophy kill. So I just I found out only recently the full story. I first saw mm. it and I was like, something about this doesn't ring right to me. Um, but when I learned more about it, I was like, holy cow, the world is a complicated place. Every problem we deal with is multivariant. We, I, yeah. I probably overuse that idea, but but I mean it because we all need to be reminded of it. Yeah. Go ahead. You no. Oh. I was gonna see what Alex. I want to. How, how I feel I, about I, it. I, no, I want to. I guess I'm interested because he knows the whole story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to see what I, I want to see because this could help that. answer your question. Totally. Okay. Totally. So so tell me about you because we kept interrupting you so I'm gonna drink this beer. You're good. And, <laughs> and you go with the story. Well, she posted the picture online of her with the, the giraffe that she had just killed, and people were very upset because they had felt that she had killed this very rare animal. Um, What's your thought? My thought on it? Yeah. Well, my thought is, I, full disclosure, I have heard the rest of the story, oh. like, but so it's not coming into a blind, but I am also for hunting with a huge asterisk next to it like i used to not be but um wait a minute what's that mean what do you mean the asterisk it means that i don't think all hunting is created equal it's like i I, give give us the asterisk okay i'll say this uh i think if you are sitting in a deer blind slamming beers with your buddies using a high-powered rifle like, I'm not necessarily okay with that. What if you're not slamming beers? That's a good question. I don't know. I guess I haven't I haven't thought that deeply about it, but I think, like, so the reason that she killed, the, the reason that they killed this giraffe mm-hmm. is because this older giraffe was killing younger giraffes. Yeah. Right. Not allowing you them. You heard that part, too? Yes. Yeah. Not the allowing them. killed. Yeah. Not yeah. allowing them to mature and, and thus helping the population grow. And right. I think with hunters, I guess the thing with hunting is your relationship to it. In my mind, mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. there is a uh, a very like that's where I draw the line. I guess how do you view it? Like mm-hmm. if I think if you are going 
out and you are oh the individual the yeah, yeah 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 the hunter's relationship you to respect it. the thing that you are hunting that's what i'm saying is like and i okay. think like I, and i don't want to speak like too broadly because i guess I, I don't know enough about it but like for example like the native american view on hunting was very much like you pay respect to the land you are thankful for this animal for providing you food for which you can continue to live and I think that gets lost a lot of times. And that's what I mean. Like when I when I say the statement of like, oh, sitting in a deer blind, chugging beers, it's like that doesn't feel. I see what you're saying. You're, so you're painting a picture. And I want this to be clear to anyone who yeah. hears this and hasn't heard it before. Uh, this like she didn't go to a zoo and shoot a freaking giraffe that, you know, right. that people were cuddling with just before. She she what what ultimately happened because mm-hmm. the, the picture came out. She shot a giraffe. It's a trophy kill of an animal that we all have positive associations with. So kind of like that study we're talking about, uh, about today, we judge and punish more often on our emotion than our logic. Right. So you see that picture of someone that you might have a freaking stuffed giraffe from your childhood still, uh, and <coughs> like, no, that's wrong. Um, but yeah, the, the, the full story is this huge bull giraffe was, was not able, he was impotent in, in his advanced age. Right. Uh, and killing... The young, the young bulls who might continue. So, like, the giraffe population can't grow with this dude roaming yes. around. Yes, yes. Uh, and then the other part, I don't know, <clears throat> you talk about relation and, and like, uh, being grateful for the stuff that comes back to you. There was some, there was, like, that went to feed a local tribe of people and, and in no small way. That was mm-hmm. a huge mm-hmm. animal. Like, they didn't just, like, she didn't hang that freaking thing on her wall. <laughs> right. You know, they, they used that, yeah. the meat and... Um, it is. It's a comp- relationship to hunting and stuff like that is super complicated. Right. And then you add something like he was a giraffe, extra complicated. Right. Yes. But, because that's what we yeah. see in the zoos. They're cute. We get that's to right. feed them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. I, I and I mean I I get why people were upset because as mm-hmm. soon as they see it, we said it. As soon as I saw it, I thought it was a trophy kill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until I continued to read right about what was going on. Yeah. Uh, but and and you, I think you said it very well when you said it's not. She's not <laughs> going to mount this on her wall, right. you know. And then the argument would be, well, why couldn't they just take it out humanely? Well, that probably about, is probably what's, a yeah, what's more probably humane. humane than exactly yes, that yeah, yeah. I By think an expert so. hunter. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And okay. and I mean, I had nothing wrong with it. I don't own a gun. Mm-hmm. I've never been hunting, so yeah, it's not like I'm a I'm, a, I'm a big hunter. But I think it was. It was the uh, obviously the right thing yeah. to do. Not not easy, but the right thing to do. And yeah, it probably was. Yeah. And then uh, well, we talk about we talk about this from a hundred different angles, but aesthetics matter though too, right? Optics matter, man. You know, if it's just the picture, right? Eighty percent of people that engaged with it saw the picture. That's the end of the engagement. If yeah. they showed that big bull standing over a dead young male, yeah, yeah. or or even the violent process of killing that's, it, yeah. right. Uh, and didn't show the big, you know, the ladies pose with their rifle. Mm-hmm. I think that probably would have had Dude, a different. Think about that. If they caught that thing <laughs> killing one of the young fawn fawn giraffes or whatever they might call it, right? Uh, there'd be outcry for like get rid of that bull. That's funny. That, uh, not funny, but it's it's. Um, it's well, really and it was in a sanctuary, so if the people mm-hmm. running that place were like, "Oh my word, yeah, yeah. we got to do something about this," yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was their decision, I think you know it was the. Uh, the right decision because yeah. they're there to protect those animals. Right? Totally. So well, anyway. And as with all things, like the overreaction is usually uh, a, a, con- a, a compliment or an attempt at balancing out something on the other side. Right. Right. Because the truth is, there are douchebags who go out and shoot a <clears throat> shoot a lion mm. um, or a, or a bear with no intention of feeding or eating, no respect. Right, just because they, yeah, they, I'm not afraid of offending anyone with this, I, I guess. But uh, d- like, literally, to stuff it and put it on your wall. Now, that's not to say that everyone that shoots bears doesn't have respect for the bear. A friend of mine, you, you may have met before, uh, Massachusetts Matt. I've heard of him. I don't. Know. Okay, my guy Matt. Uh, <laughs> his uncle's up in like the the mountains of Massachusetts, and when they kill bear, they they just like someone would would. Uh, butcher a deer, they do mm. that for the bear, and, and they eat. Mm. Um, 
So it's a different sort of thing. But it is, I think, I think the reaction to that that, pic, that uh, picture that we're talking about, it's probably a reaction to the, to the extreme other side of things, which is let's kill this literally so I can have a male lion mane yes. on my wall. Yeah, it's a it. true trophy kill. Right. Yeah, right. which is a joke. Yeah, I think it's just important that, <clears throat> this is my personal view, but like I think you have to respect all creatures. No matter what, and so I mean Going that. On a limb there. Yeah, right. But like, <laughs> I, respect well, I I know, but like the thing is, like, I, I'm not I'm not saying people. I'm saying yeah, creatures everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, like it, we live. Our ecosystem is incredibly delicate. Every single ecosystem mm-hmm. is, mm-hmm. and so I think if you have respect for it, it means that like having respect in my mind means like one, doing your research, like knowing, like what effect it might have, mm-hmm. um, and also like yeah, just. If you're going out to hunt to use that meat to feed your family, that's great. I think that's fantastic. I think if you're going out to hunt to mount something on your wall, like I'm less okay with that because I don't I don't know that the same respect is there. I don't know that is necessarily like honoring the ecosystem. No, we're, and, and just to be clear, we're not talking about people that go out and kill an elk or a deer and they harvest it right. and then they put the horns or the no, head on the wall. Right. Yeah. But when you go in and see a full size. Grizzly bear. And, and I don't know how it all works, yeah, right? I don't know how that taxidermy stuff goes. Yeah. Um, I've watched Discovery Channel, so it's that's my bad. background. <laughs> uh, that's my background on it. Yeah. But And so I don't know if they... Do they harvest it? Just take the skin and, yeah, and put yeah, over yeah, the I mold? Know. I mean, I know there's... And then you can... You know what I mean? Both. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah, so I think they have molds for these things where they can skin it, so mm-hmm. they still harvest the bear, and they molds. they that's donate true. the meat. I mean, there's a lot of good people out there that do the right thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if they have a stuffed bear or mountain lion or whatever in their den, cool. Unless it's the real deal, and you paid like six grand to go on this hunting trip to kill the... I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I don't get that. Right. And that's where I kind of maybe draw the line. But yeah. it's, it's not so much of a sport as it is. You could afford it, so you right. got this bear. There you go. And I'm not. And I'm like, maybe this is not the full circle opportunity, but it feels like one. Like it's the Disneyland for hunting. You want to mm. pen this thing up and take it out. I'm not, I'm not as okay with that. <laughs> no. Uh, but but you no. know what I mean. If you're actually out in the world. <clears throat> um, because opportunity and, and there's there's just like a distaste for that. If it's just like. You can afford to go do this. There's something distasteful about that. I May mean, I agree? Absolutely, with that. yeah. Yeah. But that being said, the other side of that coin is that a lot of times those animals, like the, the rare ones that we think of, that like on these trophy hunts, a lot of times the money that is paid to go and kill these animals is then used for conservation of the species. Like, I am sure that there are people out there that go and like wanna kill a lion and they kill whatever lion they can find, first one they can find. But there is plenty of that trophy hunting that goes on where it is like monitored by a biologist and saying this is the one that we need to remove from the species and the money you pay, that extravagant amount you just paid, that $10,000, whatever it may be, we're gonna use that to further help the species grow and continue. Absolutely. But if I met a guy that paid 10 grand to kill the lion, I'm calling him a douchebag to his face. Period. I'm just saying, I'm glad that he donated. How about, hey, here's $10,000. Humanely take this lion out, shoot him with a tranquilizer. You know, has anyone ever stepped up and said that? No, because the jackass wants it for his den. So when he invites his buddies over, hey, look what I did. Look what I killed. And that's what I have a problem with. That's what's ridiculous. You euthanize a dog, you put a line on your freaking wall. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy to me. Yeah. So I know, I, but I know where you, yeah, you're right, I know you're where right, you're coming right. from, but you, you go ahead. You use the word respect earlier, right? You need yeah. you know you gotta respect all creatures. And sometimes what comes with respect is walking away. Because he, he brought up people. You all, oh, so you gotta respect all people? No, some of them you walk away because hey, that's a rattlesnake. Not only can I see it, I can hear it. It's the same thing with people, right? So you kind of that respect kind of, I guess, works both ways. You know, you don't have to really respect him, but res- ooh, that's not good for me. I'm out of here. You see what I mean? That yeah. to me is also awareness of respect. Absolutely. And you know, what's occurring to me, <clears throat> what's occurring to me through all this is that this is such a good, <laughs> I know it's, we're not talking about sports. Well, hunting is a sport. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, bow hunting is. Bow hunting. Okay. What? The, Bo, maybe a long time ago. 
Have you seen those bows? I'm not a hunter, so... You ever shot one of those bows? What? No. That, those things are hard as fuck to shoot. Sorry. I'm sure that... Alex, take that. Alex, take that. Alex, cut that. I, I'm just saying, look at the amount. Like, my dad hunts. My brother, you know, has done some hunting. I know a lot of guys that hunt. And the amount of money and time and preparation that they spend to go kill something just walking through the field mm-hmm. is weird to me. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how that, and those, anyway, I don't, I, I guess for it's me, it's weird that we call it the sport. I think, uh, uh, is it sporting? Is that different than sports? Sporting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can get down with that. Yeah. But I, I think cause in my mind too, like if you're, if you're bow hunting, that is a dip, like, again, like you can't, it's harder, right? Yeah. You can't sit in a blind and bow hunt. You have to go. Oh, no, I mean, I've seen that. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe I. Then I. Yeah. Jared I, Allen killed a deer with a spear once from Ohio. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I the way that I that the way that I think of bow hunting is like tracking the animal and oh, getting gotcha. close enough that right, right. like you have to be quiet. You have yep. to be like like there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just sitting sitting a blind wait. Yeah. Go. No, go. there's there's bow hunters that sit in blind, sit in deer stands. Yeah. That, yeah. You're probably right about that. So I. Put a blanket statement, but I got you. Either way, I'm with you. No, that makes sense. So, back to uh, the way I was trying to tie all, all this up was we are talking about sporting, mm. <laughs> maybe not sport, but sporting. <laughs> um, but so much of the good athlete project is about being well considered and being intentional. And I would suggest that probably most people that have a reaction to hunting either have hunted and love it, or just hate hunting. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They've polarized themselves. There's the pro hunting and the anti hunting. And there's probably not enough of what we're doing right now going on, which is trying to see the full picture of it, trying to get the, bring in the context, um, lack of judgment, just analysis. Right. Before we make a, uh, an ultimate yeah. uh, statement about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think not to be like, whatever, hey, listeners do this. Um, but I, but I think, Probably listeners, you should do this. Is it something you think that's parallel with what we were talking about earlier with Tim Tebow? It's either a love-hate deal? Absolutely. Okay. That's fair. There's no question, right? Yeah. I I think, so we were talking about, for context, we were talking about uh, why so many people have a distaste for Tim Tebow. Yeah. Um, When, on paper, he's like everything you'd want in a teammate um, or or, or a player if you are a coach. He's hardworking. He's humble. He just gets after. He's consistent, like Mm -hmm. you said. He produces, yeah. right? He may not be the prototype quarterback. He might be he might not be the prototype outfielder, but the guy produces, and he's a two-sport professional athlete. Mm-hmm. But we, um, for whatever reason, we're either rubbed by the rubbed by him the wrong way, or or look closely and have some kind of appreciation for him, um, and we split. And for whatever the reason nowadays, you, it's like you can't you can't have a middle ground. You can't be right. in the middle. You can't be like, I don't right. really feel one way or the other. Oh, my God. You can't yeah. do that. You can't say that about anything. It's either like, oh, well, you're either for it or against it. Like, no, well, no, not really. I, yeah. And that, no, that, that right. that's what upsets me the most mm-hmm. is that you can't, you know, I, I'm i not okay with some things, but I don't, I don't hate it or mm-hmm. yeah. don't really think one way or the other about it. Mm-hmm. Right. No, 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 you must take a stand. Which one are you going to be here? What? You, I just think with this extremist crap going on, yeah, it's it's uh, it's unhealthy. It is unhealthy, and it's lazy thinking. And the truth lazy is thinking, like, man, that's that well said. We are, we're we're like that's how we operate. By the way, it's it's like uh, one of the primary processes. The the brain wants to be efficient. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like we cannot. We talked about this before. We cannot consistently move around the room analyzing like what is that rectangular thing? It's soft. Oh, it's a bed. You know, like like you just have these categories. You know what I mean? It would just take too much energy to reanalyze everything always. Mm-hmm. So we we do have things that just fall into their categories. That's a table. I know the properties of it. I can put my drink down on it. Right. That's a chair. I'll sit in it. Fine. Um, so I think we have to be deliberate and kind of pick and choose what it is that we're going to crack open and reexamine, yeah. or that, or just. Don't set your feet so hard and stand up against it so quickly. Like you said, I, I think there's there's a, uh, an old, old quote out there. Um, 
if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I think it's really well intended, and I think it's probably right in most cases. Um, but I also, but I don't think you need to, to be like that on, in all things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't stand for something, um, yeah, it's a country like, song. I'm not sure where I stand on certain things, but right. I know that I'm willing to look at it. Yes, I'm, I'm willing to kind of do the analysis and, and, and ultimately come to a conclusion. But uh, but but that's it. It's like pick a side. Right. Yeah. Side. Right away. Did, but what'd you say today though when you were talking about that? You know, you can either be right, right, or successful. Or successful. Right. Ideally, you'd like to be both. Sure. Right. Yes. Um, but you talked about taking, you know, planting our feet firmly. But what? The, what what is? I'm trying to think. It's, if a it's in the wrong quote. place, right? That's right. That's right. So it's uh, shoot. I'm gonna butcher the quote. I just did it today, but it's. It's essentially, uh, like just, what is it? Like set your feet firmly. But well, it, it's, right it's, place. uh, it's decide. Just talk about the anger. It says, be sure you put your feet in the right in place. In the right place. Then, then stand firm. Stand firm. That's right. Let's go, Abe. Honest Abe, he had something Damn. Wrong. Yeah. Get yeah. your feet in the right place. Then stand firm. It all, it's like, uh, have you heard the Einstein <laughs> quote? If I had an hour to solve a problem, it's been, 15 or uh, 55 <laughs> minutes trying to outline the problem and then the last right. five solving it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Do the analysis. Decide where you're going to freaking, what do you say? I'm uh, like, are you really, is that really the hill you want to die on? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you better be damn sure that's the hill. Right. Right? Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, yeah, I think, I think um, that's something we could all benefit more from. We have our we have our categories. Table is table to me, and, and it's going to take a lot for that to shift in my in my brain. But um, yeah, I'll tell you, like I knew a touch of the plight of the Hawaiian people, or so I thought. But now I'm starting to kind of reconsider, well, and, I, and I think that's the way that we all have to be. You bring in new information, you yeah. reanalyze. Um, and you said earlier, it's it's it or. People evolve. The more that they learn, right? I, I mean, I know I have about, yeah. about different things or whatever it was, but it was just, uh, I mean, I don't want to go into all of it, but I'm just, there's things that you used to really believe in and stand firm on back in the day that now that you have more information on or you've met someone that is in that situation mm-hmm. or has been through this or been, changes your perspective, yeah. makes you go back and reconsider. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Let me let me let me see if that's worth my effort and energy to really stand where right. I used to. Right. Right. And it's okay. And here's what I like. It's okay to move. Yeah. It's okay to evolve or to change. Yeah. Or to maybe just be in the middle on some things. Mm-hmm. That's all right. To yeah. not to not really decide or to not know. And a lot of times society and friends and quotes and all these things. Uh, pol- you know, politics, whatever it may be, kind of forces our hands sometimes. Yeah. To stand here or to stand there. Nah, I just want to stand right here. Yeah. I'll be neutral on that for a while. Let me hang out here. Is that okay? Yeah. 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 Let me keep my head on a swivel, mm-hmm. like we talked about earlier. And we have to, we have to, we have to tell people that's all right. You know, just like we talked about the first time we had a fight, it's okay to not be okay, mm-hmm. right? And it's okay to not. Pick a place to stand right now. You take your time, figure it out for you. Mm-hmm. But it's such a rush. It's such a rush society. Like we need to know right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not an app for. <laughs> yeah. You know, for that or or a, anyway. Moral compass could be an app, by the way. Mm. It'd be a faulty one. Boy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it'd be but, tough. It, but people would download it. And they'd delete it, and then they'd re-download it. <laughs> yeah, it is how it goes. I don't know, man. Well, that's exactly right. Do you direct your girls in this as well? Do you have these kind of conversations with them? How does that look? Yeah, I do. I mean, more with my 13-year-old. I mean, you know, we've been through some stuff. I'm a single dad, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it, it's a different approach. And um, my 13-year-old, who will be 14 uh, this year, October, it's uh, an interesting challenge I believe it because you have to be you have to be honest with her about some things um, and let her filter through that 
without trying to um, have the outcome and what she's thinking about and how she perceives things and how she what her intake is like. Mm-hmm. And that is scary as shit. Yeah. As a dad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially with a daughter. Yeah. Because you want to con- almost control what they're hearing and seeing and and uh, you know the helicopter parent so to speak. Yeah. And she was our firstborn so it was just like you know just this protective shield around her and um we didn't want her to struggle and all those things but I mean we've been through it man. Yeah. We've been through it as 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 uh you know both my daughters um I've been through a lot of stuff and, and it's okay to let them figure it out mm-hmm. to struggle with it the way that they're going to struggle with it. Yeah. Um, and then come out the other side of it. But I promise you, they're going to have questions mm-hmm. and you better be pretty truthful and transparent because they'll figure it out. Right. Sooner or later, those kids are going to figure it out. Yeah. And, uh, but I try to continue to, for my girls to put on a, a, a I want them to not wear glass slippers, but but to break glass ceilings. I like it. And I've got a cool shirt coming out that I'm going to put online for you. You guys will see it. Something that I'm proud of. It's probably I've probably done it pretty selfishly because I've done it for my girls because I want to I want them to set the standard. Yeah. Um, for some stuff, and so that'll be coming out soon, and we'll have it on our website for sale. Yeah. Uh, Athleting.net. Uh, but it's something I'm excited about to. Do you have? Is, are some of the t-shirts you already have on Athlete They will be. We're re, we're, we are redoing our website gotcha. with a bunch of other things. Well, we've hired some new coaches and some new people, and uh, so we're kind of kind of make this rebranding effort here at the end of the summer. Okay. Um, yeah, it's taken a lot of time and effort and energy from a lot of great people, but it's just something I, you know I want to uh, give my daughters um, a platform. Yep. And let them learn. The way that they need to, yeah. and like I said, that's 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 scary as shit. But I think it's, um, I think you have to, man. Yeah. And especially in today's society, where we seem to cut the cocoon before the the, the butterfly's ready to fly. Yeah, yeah. Oh man. And we don't let it struggle enough, so it has no idea of what it has to do. You know, can't fly. So it's hard as a parent because you want to help them out of the situation. Mm-hmm. You want to make it okay for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that feeling until I had kids, right? So it's hard to try to explain how I feel about it, you know, uh, through conversation. No, it's fair. Yeah. Right. No, it's totally fair. I, it's funny. I like that. Um, first of all, can you? Are you free to share more about this T-shirt, or is it a top secret design? No, it's not. It's a top secret de- design from from me. I mean, no, yeah. no yeah. one really knows about it. A couple okay. of my employees know about it, and that's it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just something I want to do for my girls because uh, both of them are involved in athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, what do they play? Uh, so Cora, my oldest, who's who's thirteen, uh, she plays tennis, and uh, my youngest plays basketball. Uh, Kenna plays basketball and tennis, and so she's just in the learning stage. We haven't pushed her to do anything, right, right. so she's just like, I want to play basketball. Cool, let's ride. Let's do it. Yeah, we yeah. you know we go bought her some ba- we bought her some basketball shoes, and she goes to basketball camp. So we'll see where that goes. She's on a team right now. To yeah. the local YMCA. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> and it's so cute. Yeah, I can't yeah. even stand it. It's unbelievable. Uh, but she's <laughs> she's learning and having fun in her own way. But I kind of see her. Cora's super laid back. My open super yeah. laid back. Like she's on the tennis court and it's just like she gets fired up. Seriously, she gets fired up. She'll make she'll win a point. Like let's go. That's yeah. exactly how she says yeah. it. Like, what? Right. Let's go where? <laughs> let's we let come on. But yeah, I don't. Yeah. I just sit back. You know, her mom goes crazy. It's hilarious because yeah. people think, oh, Coach K goes nuts watching tennis. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty chill when I watch tennis because that's just what the, what core needs. Right, right. So anyway, but my but my youngest, man, she's out there. You can kind of see a little bit of like, oh, gosh. Is there a little, she you just, little you in that? Yeah. Yeah. She just threw an elbow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, don't do great job. <laughs> don't do that again. Stop but great job. <laughs> Stop it, but we're going Hey, good job. You only get five of those, okay? You only yeah. get five elbows, so make them count. I mean, yeah. don't do that. I think that's it. Yeah, so it's pretty cool to watch them come into their own. Yeah. You know, it's pretty sure. neat. As a dad with, with daughters, it's a, it's a different deal, very protective. But anyway, yeah, the shirt that's coming out is um, empowering, I think, to, uh, to females, and that's what I want to do for my girls. I want them yeah. to feel empowered. To make their own decisions and not depend on anybody else, mm-hmm. um, 
that they can do it by themselves. Yeah. And uh, they can be whatever they want to be and do whatever that they want that they want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's free will. Uh, but understand with every decision comes. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's hard for us parents nowadays to do, man. And I, someone said it, they, they said, well, the kids have changed. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. The parenting has changed. Mm-hmm. Period. I know that's a whole nother no, podcast, right. but I'm telling podcast, you. But you are right, man. I'm telling you, don't blame it on the kids that come through our... When we work with junior high kids, it's not the kids that are hard to work with. It's the parents. It is such a bullshit thing to say. The kids have changed. <laughs> that's like saying the what? canvas has changed, not the painter. Like <laughs> that's well said. A kid comes into the world. That's and well like, said. You know what I mean? And we teach them. That's exactly you right. Know what I'm saying? They're the doing what they're taught. Kids will be oh, what they see. We've said that before. Yeah. Kids will be what they see. And so, anyway, I know that's another time, maybe another city. <laughs> yeah, another time, another city. I love yes. it. Yes. Uh, we didn't mention, maybe we will in the intro, that we are coming to you live, except not live recorded, from Indianapolis. Probably very far from live. But it is far live. Enough, but it's li- it's getting live in here. Uh, <laughs> the NSCA, National Strength and Conditioning Association National Conference 2018, Indianapolis. Um, it's been a cool event. It has been a cool event, and Jim Davis did a great job. If you guys can get on the NSCA's website, National Strength and Conditioning Coaches Association, they're going to have Jim's stuff up. I know he probably doesn't like me plugging this, but I don't give a shit. He, I, I, I went to several of these, and there was big-time speakers, and I told Jim this earlier. I was listening to the top-of-the-top top, uh, uh, presenters uh, at their game, whether it's a doctor or a head strength coach, whatever it may be, present, and it was really good stuff. And I'm not saying, you know, I might be biased, but when I went into Jim's presentation, there were so many things that I could relate with and that I could take and implement right away. I didn't need a scientist to break it down for me. I don't need a, you know, a sports psychologist to come in and redo my delivery system. It's something that's that when you delivered it, it resonates and we can go make those changes right away. I just, anyway, man, I just thought it was a great job. And I know you put a lot of time, effort, and energy into it. I know how those things go. We did the clinic together, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Coach for Kindness Clinic in Oklahoma City, which has been tremendous for us. Yeah. And it's set the standard like what we talked about that people don't like. It gets us out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Hashtag Tim Tebow. Uh, (laughs) So I appreciate your your time and effort because it paid off, man. I think you made a big impact. There's a lot of coaches that were coming up to you afterwards, even in your on field stuff. Yeah, there's uh, some good people there. Good people there, man. But you yeah. did a, a great job, so happy well, to be a part. I appreciate it a lot. That's yes, really do. thank you. And public, no, well, let's think. We got to thank Alex. Gosh, too. man. Alex, so here's the thing. Alex is so much behind the scenes. The Good Athlete Project would not exist in the way it is now without you. Do you know that? No comment. <laughs> Go on. Okay, like, that means I, 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 what do you want me to know? I, yeah, I mean, it's just the truth, and you, I, I think you do know it. I appreciate um, your kind words. Well, I mean, it's true, man. Yeah. Um, there's and, no and, doubt. And every organization, like, there, there's some forward-facing stuff, and then there's <clears> some <throat> stuff that happens that's absolutely essential that might not get the, that might not have as bright a light uh, shined on it. But, but you are that thing. You're the, you're the gasoline. You're the infrastructure. Mm. Make it work. No, it's well said, man. Absolutely, you, you've done a tremendous job. I love and I love loved hanging out with you beforehand when he was busy with you know all of his speaking stuff and having to do you know squeezing the palms and stuff. We got to spend some time together, and I thought that was pretty cool, man. Getting to know you uh, more and what you bring to the table and what you do for the organization. It's always a, I'm a behind the scenes guy myself. Uh, I like to I like to be there and hang out there, but also got to kind of get out of my comfort zone. That's right, right young buck. Right. And you're going to do the same thing, man. You did a tremendous job. And I know we've got a really cool podcast tomorrow uh, with a young female strength coach who's doing big things at the University of Notre Dame. I've heard of this place. Man, I'm excited about it. I have too. Rudy, Rudy. But, man, she's (laughs) awesome and and I got a chance to meet her. That's the cool thing about coming to these things, man. Mm -hmm. You can either just hang out by yourself and do your meathead, walk around, or you can go talk to people and, 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 and listen to their stories. Man, what a cool, a cool person that uh, that you're going to talk with tomorrow with a great story and, and a great vision and whole another side, man. Female strength and conditioning, 
you got to have a lot of respect for what they're doing. I love it. Yeah, fired up for you, dude, so thanks. This episode brought to you by Hand Armor Chalk, the official chalk of USA Weightlifting. They are also the official sponsor of the Illinois High School Powerlifting Association, a partner organization overseen by the Good Athlete Project. We would not support a product we didn't believe in. Check them out at Hand Armor Chalk on Twitter and Instagram.